Briar Radio. Email Mr. Sharon at wgs at bryanston.co.uk. Bry Radio, the music you love right here, right now. Okay, good morning. Uh, Vincent's Fort Various back. I'm going to do a second. I did quite a lot of uh, 90s tunes last week and sort of reminisced as we went through. I might do a bit less reminiscing today, um, but uh, we're going to play some more 90s tunes just because I had them in my uh, my laptop and I thought I'd do them. Anyway, once again, I've got the uh, the et nova of Bryanston politics here this morning to my et vetera. So we've got the et nova et vetera of, of, of Bryanston politics. Here's Bridges again. Morning, Bridges. Hello. I uh, think I'm quite old now as well. Nah, you're not old and not in the grand scheme of things. I'm going to be 29 in July. That's that's the age I was when I was listening to these nineties. Yeah, these right? tunes are all coming back around third, fourth time, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, I think they probably are. Anyway, we'll we'll get some of them on in a minute. Um, we're going to start off. Um, we're going to start off with um, an absolute banging tune by Feeder. Um, this is Buck Rogers, and then we'll have a quick chat. Uh, See you soon. <laughs> Fire, 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 fire,
well, that, as you can perfectly hear getting out of bed, hopefully you are out of bed, just about 7.30 in the morning, uh, that is a tune to get you out of bed to. Um, I'm sure many of you have heard it before, but hey-ho. So, um, what's going on at the moment, Mr Bridges? How, what, what, what do you know? It's all quiet on the Western Front, isn't it? What, Bryanston-wise? Bryanston-wise, A2 should be working hard. B should be working hard. Yeah. D should be working hard, getting their projects done before next week. And then also revising for their D exam. So there's... I can hear the clicks of like, mind you, people don't have radios anymore, do they? I was just going to say, I can turn the click of people turning off their yeah, radios. Bridges with... are telling them to do Yeah, it's Bridges are telling them to the do their work. Yeah. Um, just get, but uh, of course, I'm, that's kind of 1970s type thing, having a separate radio set that you might a turn good, on. A good charities weekend? Yeah, it was a great charities weekend. Um, uh, it was, it was I, I came in on Sunday for the, for the lunch. I wasn't here for the Promises auction. I don't know. It's been some big investments. Have a curry with Mr. Waters from a certain group. Oh, really? Yeah, they've gone for that. A bit of wine tasting was very popular. Is Mr. Waters cooking the curry? Is he ordering it in? I think he's cooking it. Nice. I don't know. He can cook good, good, good curry. He can cook some mean sushi as well. So. Oh yeah, oh, we got. We've Talking got of cooking, we've got to do uh, food for break time in the common room tomorrow. Yes. Politics and joggers, is it? Geography, yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to go to Tesco's after work and start doing some things. What about in the wider nation? You know, we can't get you in here. Head of politics and um, all that. I think... Things pretty calm as well, really. Yeah. I think the, the grown-ups are in charge, and when the grown-ups are in charge, things things start to happen. Rishi Sunak making the, the a revised deal with, with the European Union. I think that also demonstrated the importance of diplomacy and a bit of flattery, you know. You stand behind a... You stand in front of a picture of king george in windsor and then you go and have tea with the king i think all of those things actually play to the strengths of the united kingdom and when you couple that with a bit of pragmatism you can achieve a lot well i think i mean i think what what came across from that and for the for, yeah for those of you who are unaware uh we've been angsting for years about the place of northern ireland within the sort of post-brexit Thing. I, can, I, can, I can hear more radios being turned off. Um, and uh, it, it was see- seemingly insol- insol- insoluble by both uh, Boris Johnson and then uh, Liz Truss. But I think what's clear, yeah, is that the EU actually have always been ready to compromise, just not with Boris Johnson. And I think, <laughs> you know, when when someone like that goes into politics, and if some of you are cross with this, apologies, but there we go. You know, you send somebody wholly unsuited in, um, about diplomacy into diplomacy. And of course, people aren't going to, like, compromise with him because they can't trust a word he's saying. I, I hear hilariously he thinks he could be the next head of NATO. Yeah, although that would clearly be Ben Wallace, if it's anybody. Well, I mean, it would be, I mean, it could be, it could be anyone, but that actually but not fair, Boris Johnson. That, expl- that explains the, um, the the American tour two weeks ago on the on the build up to the Ukrainian anniversary of the war. And that, actually, yeah, that does make sense. I mean, possibly if Trump was president, I can't see it at the moment. I think for head of NATO, you know, massive defensive military organization, you probably need somebody who's quite sensible, um, quite <laughs> pragmatic, level headed, quite diplomatic. Uh, not prone to call foreigners silly things because it sounds funny. Depends what you want to achieve, though, I suppose. I suppose it does. Well, if you want to achieve general conflagration, um, then then maybe <laughs> Boris Johnson is the right is the right choice. Anyway, we'll we'll chat about some more things in a minute. Uh, the second one is a bit of a. I mean, none of these this morning are sort of super musical 
wonderful things but they just i was going through my 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 sort of list and and they made me feel nostalgic about the 1990s um and this is a band called aswad who were actually sort of quite hardcore reggae in the 80s and then they went a little bit commercial in the 90s um and and this is shine and i i thought i'd play it for you
Okay, back there. That's a bit of Aswad with um, with Shine. Um, we're just saying, yeah, it is quite a quiet time. And 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 I I said to uh, said to Bridges, what else should we talk about? And he said, oh, Grimsby winning in the FA Cup. I'm not particularly happy talking about that because they yeah, beat I Southampton did. I to do you're it. A Saints fan. Yeah, well. I, I'm keeping that quiet these days. Well, I'm not keeping it quiet. It's just that these aren't great, great days to be a Southampton fan, shall we say? Well, City, Bristol City lost as well this week. They lost to Man City three 0 That wasn't good. And somebody beat Tottenham yesterday, didn't they? That's always a good day when somebody low, from a lower division beats Tottenham. I can't remember who beat well, Sheffield. I want to say Sheffield United. Happens on a regular basis, though, isn't it? Tottenham bottling it and losing to, to quite bog standard teams and. That's, so that's, yeah, there's some that's more radios rare. down the SLT end of the corridor being switched off. Oh, yeah, now. we've got some. We've got some Spurs fans, have we? At the top, we've we've had quite a progression of of Spurs fans. I think. What, actually. what is it about Spurs attracting leadership teams? I think I think they're a shiny club. I don't yeah. Know. Anyway, Mr. Pol- Jones, if you are listening, apologies for the Spurs result this week, but you know. You you got to take the opportunities when they come. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll leave BP on his uh, his sports show to to go through the ins and outs of that. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 there's been some quite quite good um, quite good viewing from the sport point of view. I'm actually moderately hopeful about England against France. I have to say. Yeah, I think I reckon England will. Well, they should beat them. They've not lost at Twickenham since 2005, I think, against France. A long period of time. I, th- I think a really crucial area could be. We've just had the news this morning. I think that can't remember his name, uh, or uh, I can't kind of can, but I don't want to hack it up. I think they're down to their sort of third choice props now. Yeah, because the the, the, the lad whole... Antonio got banned for his shoulder to head against Ireland, and then your man last week. I, I, it's headbutted him. It's. I was saying to Mr. Elric down at, at, at rugby training the other day, you know, as somebody who's, you know, he's obviously played sport to rugby to a very high level. When you're surrounded by cameras, diving off your head to directly headbutt somebody else in a national stadium on live TV. When you've just gone one player up because Scotland have just had someone binned yeah. off for the rest of the game. I, I think sp- they must have been, they must have been on the wind up though, because he's a bit like Carl Sinclair and I think he's got, uh, he's a, Maybe well, well, Carl Sinclair used to have a bit of a short fuse, and I, th- yeah. I suspect that the Scots yeah. were, were targeting him from the beginning, and he just. I imagine his him. qualities for selection don't include necessarily having smarts as well. Yeah, it's probably just get ball, run hard. Yeah, uh, being being huge with his selection criteria. No, uh, interesting, interesting Six Nations. So you know, the savior of Welsh rugby's come back and doesn't look, appear to be able to. Save Welsh rugby. Well, I was saying to Mr. Mr. Drake actually at the beginning of this week because you know I'm sure like many of you we watched England Wales, and regardless of the overall result, which I went going about, I just felt so enormously sorry for Alan Wynne Jones. I mean, your guy is what 39? Is he maybe 38, 39, something like that? He should be sitting on the sofa, cracking a beer and watching the rugby, or, or being in a TV studio, being in a pundit, and he's been brought back playing against huge men 15 years younger than him and it just didn't seem very fair he's done his bit yeah he did, he he in recent years has been the one that's rallied rallied them hasn't he but he looked a little bit tired he looked like he needed to sit on the sofa and crack a beer and Have watch beer the rugby watch rather it. than playing it um anyway right uh next one is a, a sort of weird one again it's a uh, from the 90s um, by Apollo 440 
Um, again, just play it because it randomly came up on my thing. So this is Stop the Rock. <laughs> Okay, there we go. That'll uh, that'll wake you up anyway, if nothing else. Uh, right, well, we, as we were sort of sitting listening to that, Miss um, Bridges said, should we, should we have a quick chat about TikTok? More radios being switched off around the campus. But I think we should because um, the role of TikTok, the, the app, I know you've all got it on your phones. 
um, it's, it's come into quite sharp focus recently, hasn't it? Yeah, I thought I, t- I thought it's interesting because this week it was in the news yesterday when I was driving home because they are going to TikTok are going to automatically put a, a um, an hour limit on the usage for under 18s for an hour a day. You can you can enter a passcode to then you know get back into the app, but you know they're sort of trying to limit the amount that people are accessing their app under the age of 18 and you sort of think well if they're trying to limit it you know what what are they saying about what it's doing to the brain i just think it's interesting because you know we we grew up with very well what we thought was quite good access to the internet but we had to we had to we had a, an hour a day for the everything that we needed to do for our homework for going on MSN is what it was then. We didn't yeah. have we didn't have the connectivity and, and yeah, that, that was a that was a book in my day, Bridges. What was like finding stuff out? Right, yeah, <laughs> of course. But you know, everything changes, and every year, and you know, I'm not I'm not against tech, and I'm not against people using it. I think it's really important. But you know, TikTok especially, I think is is quite bad. Actually, I think that there are two sides to this because yeah, I think there's there's that side, but that really will get radio switching off. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you know people won't be told by old co- well old culture like you and really old culture <laughs> like me. I thought the interesting thing as well this week is that uh, the EU has told its officials that they can't have it on their work phones. Yeah, the Canadian government has done the same. The federal government in the US has done the same. I think if I know Rishi Sunak to be the sensible man that I think he is, then the British government won't be won't be far off. And the fact that these guys are doing that, uh, well, it could just be politicking, because as we'll maybe discuss in a minute, the, America's massively turning up the heat on China at the moment yeah, yeah. Um, on a number of different fronts. Um, but it basically has said that it thinks that TikTok is being used as an information gathering service for the Chinese government. Um, and, and to be fair to the, the American government, they have said that for the last seven years. They have. I mean, even Trump wanted to ban it, didn't he? It's yeah. probably because he had his own version of TikTok. <laughs> um, but, you know, apparently it does take sort of biometric details from face scans and things like that. I mean, it's not not just TikTok and the Chinese government. I mean, all, all these these platforms do. I'm just, I'll tell you what, I, I said to... Um, that's my A2 politics yesterday. I am so enormously glad that I never had social media when I was a kid. I'm quite sad I didn't have it as a young adult because it would have allowed me to keep in touch with people much better than I have been able to. You know, when I was in my 20s and I met people uh, traveling or whatever, um, you know, you swap addresses or something, but you actually had to like write a letter um, not even email when when I first started doing that. And actually, the the great benefit of it is it allows you to stay in touch. You know, I speak to people regularly, friends of mine who live in America, in Australia, in Africa, places like that. And I think if I'd had that, I would have had a, a because like most sort of young men, I was fairly rubbish at keeping up with people. You know, that yeah, sort I'm of social. So, I'm so bad at that. Even with that tool that we've got, I am pretty bad at that. It's literally, if we were on our own, you just wouldn't get a single Christmas card, would you? Because anyway. you wouldn't have bothered to send a single Christmas card to anyone else. No, I mean, that's, <laughs> that, is, that is a fact. No, I think it is interesting, you know, the, the, the role of social media particularly. And I know yeah. that they've done it a fair amount in PSRE and, and, you know, we talk about it in politics as well. But, you know, it's the unknowns of it, isn't it? And, um, and the, the long-term harm. And I think also 
sort of the the issue. I think the risk for young people, especially as they get a little bit older into into being young adults, is the is is the risk of documentation. Everything that you do on a night out has the risk of being documented. Everything you say has the risk of being documented. And you know, as Matt Hancock, it always links back to politics. But as Matt Hancock's finding out today, oh, and yesterday and the day before. You know, everything that he said on WhatsApp during the pandemic is going to come out and, and bite him. And it is biting him. And, you know, that is official business. Fair enough. But you also, you know, you, you've got to just be incredibly careful with what you what you document when you when you. For, for those of you who don't know, yeah, M- Matt Hancock wrote a book to try and make a bit of money. This is a guy who was the health secretary during COVID. It was then on. Um, I'm celebrity. a celebrity. Let get me out of it. So clearly he's after a bit of coin. Um, so he wrote this book and handed over his access to WhatsApp to a, to a journalist called Isabel Oakshot, who's famous for like going back on promises in terms of thing. Anyway, so he handed over these WhatsApp messages. Now, you know, one of the things about WhatsApp, to be fair, is it's really apparently really difficult to break into. But once but, you're in, it's like, but a, it's once like you're a fox in, in the hen house, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but yeah, once they, you, you're quite right. Because, you know, like anything, the chain is as strong as its weakest link. And the moment you allow someone into that circle who's prepared to, to show and tell everything, um, and he's getting, I mean, this, I think they're going to drip feed this into the Telegraph. They think they've got a good and. And this is largely because the Telegraph thinks that lockdown was the wrong decision from, you know, that sort of slightly right wing stance. And they've been consistent with that, haven't they? And they've been consistent with that. So they're going to they're going to keep going. But there's going to be a lot of red faces and heads rolling, I think, Um, which from the point of view of a politics teacher is is quite juicy. But I think if I were if I was somebody on one of Matt Hancock's WhatsApp groups, I might not be a happy guy. But there is a lesson for all of us here about you know, using things carefully. And jobs I was hearing now, and even some universities asked to look at the public part of people's social media. So the bit that you advertise to the world, I think I'm not very good. You can tell I'm not very good at this. Yeah, they've been doing that for a while, I think. Well, okay. Well, you you tell me that. (laughs) I mean, literally, I very rarely put anything on social media because I haven't really got anything interesting to put on social media. Yeah, you do a bit of a politics rant now and again, don't you? I do, I do have a bit of a rant. Um, anyway, uh, sex one, uh, next one. I played a bit of Crash Test Dummies last week. Uh, this is another one. Uh, it was used on the, the film Dumb and Dumber, which is as I say, it's a terrible film, but I really enjoy it. Um, uh, the Ballad of Peter Pumpkinhead. Here we go.
Okay, that's crash test dummies. We uh, we heard some of them last week. Um, anyway, yeah, Bridges has, has ridden off into the sunset to do his uh, his hell of politics and teaching and learning thing, uh, which just leaves uh, which just leaves me. Uh, it's a yeah, it's a, it's 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 an interesting it's an interesting time of term. This an interesting time of the year. Um, everybody's gearing up for uh, or two of the year groups. You'll you'll know, I think, I hope, if you're not involved in either B or A2, uh, that things starting to get really quite real for them now, um, whether they've realised it or not. Um, but if you are in A3 or C or D um, over the next few weeks, please just bear in mind, particularly with the A2s, that these guys are going to be um, going to be really working hard, um, and they've got these these massive exams coming uh, next term, and actually. These will be the first exams that are for for a while that are not at all uh, impacted by COVID. So even last year, they you know the 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 what they had to learn was slightly, ever so slightly reduced because of COVID. So um, yeah, no, they've 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 got things going for them. Lots lots going on uh, this week, however. Um, lots of lots of good sport, lots of good activities. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm very much looking forward to taking the under 14s uh, rugby seven side to Sherburn on uh, on on Sunday. Uh, so hopefully we can we can do some good things there. Uh, right, the next one is a bit of a sort of uh, bonkers idol song from the 90s uh, by the Prodigy. Um, this is Firestarter. <laughs>
Okay, that's the uh, the madness of uh, of Firestarter by the Prodigy. I remember it, it. I remember when it came out. I can't remember the exact date. Oh, 1996. There we go. I can see it on on here with Keith Flint and his. It was actually quite troubling. It was. It was. There were lots of people who spoke out about it, saying it was sort of nihilistic and anarchistic and encouraging violence and and things. It was, you know, and. I suppose in a way it kind of was, but it was uh, it was great fun. It was it was it was really good. Anyway, yeah. So that's 1996. Where would I have been? I was based in Germany then, um, which is yeah, which is one of those things. But there we go. Uh, two more songs for you today. Again, one from the kind of both from the early 90s actually. Um, the first one is maybe one that that many people will know. My my kids certainly seem to know it. I don't quite know where they know it from, but. It's it's probably been on TikTok or something following on from our previous tournament. Uh, so this is a, a band called uh, called Deep Blue Something, and really only had one sort of famous hit, which was this one, um, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Just I think it's a it's a really good melodic pop song. Uh, I liked it then. I was slightly embarrassed about liking it. I like it now. I'm less about embarrassed about liking it now. I just think it's a good tune. Um, here we go. Here's Breakfast at Tiffany's. You'll say We've got nothing in common No common ground to start from And we're falling apart You'll say
Yeah, 90s, 2000s, 2010, 2020. I've always enjoyed listening to that song. Um, great, great guitar. Great, uh, yeah, just good, pleasing film to set us on our way uh, on a Thursday morning as you lot, as I say every week, head towards your house meetings. Uh, I remember them, many of those. Anyway, we're going to finish um, with somebody who in the early 90s was the kind of, the uh, the sort of epitome of of, of, of cool, actually. It's a guy called Lenny Kravitz. Um he was a very interesting guy. He played very interesting music. Uh, he's an American uh, bloke. His dad was Ukrainian Jewish, I believe, and his mum was um, Bahamian or Bahamian, however you say it, and an African American. Um, she was she was involved in show business, and Lenny, Lenny Kravitz was just he, he sort of blended soul, R and B, funk, rock. This is a rather more rocky version of his, and probably his most famous song, uh, which is called "Are You Gonna Go My Way." Um, anyway, it's um, it's a good one to play out. It's a good one to set yourself um, on the road towards the weekend. I know many of you will be going home this weekend, in which case, have a good time. For those of you who've got exams to do, work hard. For those of you who've got sport to do, sport well. Um, I'm sure there's loads going on. Um, we've got a, a, a sevens, as I say, rugby, and we've got quite a big. Um, a big few days for that one way or the other. But have a great weekend. I'll see you back here or I'll I'll hear you or you hear me back here next uh, week uh, for a bit more uh, various stuff. I'll try and move off the 90s this time. Anyway, here's Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> 